our topic today out of the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, the last chapter in the book of Daniel, shining for God, or shine for God, starting verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. The book referring to God's book, the book of the Lamb's book, the book of life. And so everyone who's written in there, God has promised to deliver even through taking us through the time of trouble. Now we looked a little bit at this verse last week when we uh, viewed Daniel chapter 11. Actually the last part, we did Daniel 11 in three parts. And so the third part, uh, the final conflict and, uh, of Daniel chapter, Daniel 11. Uh, and so if you missed that and you want to see that, you can go to shalomadventure.com as well as the rest of the books, chapters of Daniel, shalomadventure.com and just type in Daniel and whatever chapter in the search and it'll bring it up for you. Uh, so we looked a little bit at that t last week and so we won't spend a lot of time on it, but the last verse of the last week, it talks about the, the destruction of the, of the powers of this earth, God totally eliminating it and no one there to help them. And that parallels exactly like in the very beginning of Daniel chapter 2, where the stone comes and destroys the kingdoms of this earth and God sets up his eternal kingdom. And so same here. And so at that last moment during that time of trouble, God will be standing there in our behalf. He takes us through the troubles. He stands with us through the troubles. He watches over us while we go through our trials and tribulations. And even through the ultimate time of trouble, the time of trouble such as the world has never seen, God will take us through. He will see us through it, just as he has seen us through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty down through the ages. Through the Holocaust, many died, but he has seen us through. We're still here today. And every attempt thus far, the Hamans of this world, and every other attempt to annihilate us, the Crusades and everything else, God has seen us through, and he will continue to see us through, through the time of trouble. Right? Like we've said here before, if you're going through hell, don't stop, right? Just keep on going right on through, right? Don't stop there. And God takes us through our troubles, right? There's, I don't know any experience in the Bible where God poofs someone out and bypasses the trouble that is there for them. He takes us through, right? Mishael, also in the book of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah went into the fiery furnace and God stood there with them in the fiery furnace. Right? As we were in Egypt, he didn't take us out before the plagues. We were still there during the plagues. The first three plagues fell on all of Egypt, even in the land of Goshen, where we were. But the last seven plagues of those ten plagues did not fall on Goshen while they fell on the rest of Egypt. We were still there, but God protected us through it and then delivers us out afterwards. And that's exactly what we see here in this text. How he delivers us is by destroying the wicked. It's like Pharaoh's army got drowned in the Red Sea. God will destroy the wicked. He will stand there with us through the time of trouble. And then he will deliver us. By how will he deliver us? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the shofar of God. And the dead in Messiah will rise first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. 
And so it's in the air. He takes us to meet us in the, uh, in the air. Simultaneously, that was out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 4. Simultaneously, he's taking the wheat and bringing them into his barn. And simultaneously, he's taking the tares and burning them, as in the parable that Yeshua said. Separating the sheep and the goats. Same time, exactly. Uh, together, the, the, the goats being destroyed, the sheep taken and placed into their barns. God's deliverance uh, taking place by his destruction of the wicked and him taking us to heaven so you can find, destroy this earth in its entirety with all the garbage that we've done to it and all the destruction we've done to God's earth, all the pollution we've piled up here. He's got to burn the whole place up and then he can begin the process of making it new and then bringing us back to the new heavens and the new earth that he has created. So through the time he will take us, he will stand with us, he will watch over us, and he will, there might be martyrs down through the time, it might be troubles through the time, but he will not let us be tempted beyond which we are able. Through every trial, through every struggle, he will stand there with us. Whether keeping the fire from burning us like, like he did for Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or letting the fire lick us up and giving us the ability to sing through it like he did for Huss and Jerome. Whatever the case, he will be with us and he will strengthen us. And whether we die or live through it, he will be with us through it. Right? If God himself did not spare his only begotten son, how much more will he spare us from troubles in this earth? Right? But he stands there with us and he takes us through it. And, and life on this earth is not the end. So whether we die here or, or are here to see him come and, and be taken up with him, when he comes, the angels gathering us together, then, uh, then either way, we'll be with the Lord. And that's what counts. Right? Being secure in him. Heaven is our goal. Not living another day here on this earth. It's not about this earth. Right? It's about eternity with the Lord. And in verse 2, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Well, just like we just quoted out of 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, 4, that, uh, that those that sleep in the dust, they shall awake, right? They shall awake, and we together with them will meet the Lord in the air together, right? And so they're resting in the, in, in the grave, waiting for the Lord to return, and then he awakens them, they sleep, and he awakes some to, awake, some to everlasting life, and some to everlasting contempt. So there's two resurrections that take place, one for the righteous, one for the wicked, and this is mentioned in several other places in the Bible too, a first resurrection and a second resurrection, uh, and so, uh, and they're separated by a time period. Now, there is also a special resurrection for some wicked that will take place before his coming, and that is referred to when Yeshua said to, I forget if it was to Pilate or, or to uh, Caiaphas, but he said to one of them, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Father, coming in his glory. Right? And so, the, so uh, those that participated in his death will be resurrected for a special resurrection to see him come in his glory. And so he predicted it there, and here is a reference to that, or this could again be a reference to that, that uh, resurrect, second resurrection, the resurrection of the wicked, so they can receive their final judgment. And we'll get more into that on another week. 
Verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so while we're here on this earth, while we have breath, while we are alive, this is our purpose, to shine as like brightness in the firmament and turning many to righteousness. Like the stars, and will shine like the stars forever and ever. Right? That's the key. That's our purpose. That's our reason for being, is to shine for God, to bring other people to righteousness, to bring people to the Lord so that they might know the Lord. Right? It's not about self. It's not about puffing ourselves up. It's not about making ourselves better just so that we're better. But it's allowing God to work in us to reflect his glory. The moon has no, sun of it, no light of its own. And yet on a full moon, even in a dark area out in the woods somewhere with no street lights or anything, when my eyes were better, I, I could read a book out under a, a moonlight uh, night. God, it's reflected light. It's the sun shining on the moon and reflecting back down to the earth. And that's what God does through us. We have no light of our own, but his light reflects off of us and shines to the people around us. And the purpose is to bring many to righteousness, bring them to the Lord. That's what he's called us for. And to shine like stars. When are the stars shining? When do the stars shine? No, stars shine all the time. Stars are shining all the time, day and night, right? They're always there, they're always there. But when do we see them? At night. We only see them in the darkness. And the darker it is, the less street lights, if no full moon, the darker it is, the brighter they seem. They're still shining the same, but the brighter they seem. And so God takes us through the time of trouble so that his brightness can be seen, so that his glory can be revealed. It's through the trials, it's through the tough times in life where God gets the honor and glory. It's easy to be good when everything's going good. It's easy to be happy when, when everything's going our way. But the troubles come upon us, and it's really the test of whether we trust God or not. Whether we actually have faith in his word, if we have faith in his promises, if we have faith in his ability to deliver, to deliver us, not so much from the problem itself, but from the carnal nature that gets worried and fearful and fretful and, and anxious and, and upset and angry. That's his deliverance. That's his real deliverance. That he delivers us from sin and from sinning. Not so much to deliver us from problems. That's easy. To deliver us from the fire, that's easy for God. That's nothing for him. To part the Red Sea, that's nothing for him. But to change the heart, that's the real miracle. That's the real power of God at work in this earth. It's not in signs and wonders. The devil can do signs and wonders and will. But it's in the power of God to change a heart. And only God can do that. We can't do that, but the Lord can do that. And so he's called us to shine. He's called us to shine and to bring many to righteousness. And when we come to the Lord, no sooner that we come to the Lord, no sooner, as soon as we come to the Lord, 
There wells up inside us, the Holy Spirit comes inside us and gives us a burden to share him with others. And the Bible describes it as a first love experience. We're just overflowing. We have to tell other people about the Lord. We have to share him with other people. Unfortunately, sometimes that love grows cold. We're, people, we're, we're, we're believers for a while and we just get into the routine and we just get used to hanging out with other believers and, and, and they already know what we know and we, and we stop witnessing, we stop sharing. We become lukewarm and we start losing our experience with the Lord. And we might not even realize it because we're still going through the routines of following the Lord and keeping his commandments. But one of his greatest commandments is to go into all the world and to share me with others, to share him with others. That's what he's called us to do, to witness for him, to be his light in this dark and ugly world. And the contrast there should be great between how God's work in us and, and those who are not following the Lord. The difference should be great. And we should have a passion for the Lord. And if we had that first love experience at one time in our life and we've kind of lost it and, and kind of haven't been sharing him with others and telling other people about him and praying for others and concern for others who don't know the Lord, then we just need to go back to square one just as we started and confess our sins and confess our carnal nature. Lord, forgive me for not caring about others, for not caring for your children, for not having your heart, for not having your mind, for not having your attitude about people. Wash me clean through the blood of the lamb through the sacrifice you provided for me and give me your heart, give me your mind, give me your passion for other people. Why is that simple? And if we've never had an experience with the Lord, if we've never felt a burden for other people, oh, we might be keeping the commandments like the rich young ruler, like Saul of Tarsus. We might be very, very religious in doing everything that's right, even everything the Bible says. But if we're not telling other people about the Lord, if we don't have a concern for the lost, then really he's not in our heart. And we've really never experienced him. Because we will. Those that are written in the book will shine like brightness in the firmament and bring many to righteousness. And so if we've been believers for any length of time, and haven't shared him with others, then we just need to go back, or if we've never been there, go to the Lord. Even forget, forget about anything else I say. If you've never had that experience with him, then just right where you are, just pray and ask the Lord to cleanse you of that selfishness. Because it's easy to be a believer and walk in the Lord, or so-called believer, for selfish reasons. To get to heaven, or many other reasons to overcome some habit, to just be better, to have victory over some areas. We'd be very selfish in our prayers. Lord, help me out of this problem. Lord, provide for me here. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Heal me of this and take care of that situation and this situation. Our prayers can be very, very selfish. Praying can be one of the most selfish things we do when we don't know the Lord. So that's where our prayers mostly are, about ourselves. And we need to ask the Lord to change our hearts, to take out the carnal heart and put in a whole new heart. It's not, Lord, make me better. 
He needs to take out our carnal mind and give us his mind, a whole new mind, a whole new life. He doesn't restore, he transforms. He demolishes the old and he builds up a whole new house, a whole new person, a whole new character. And the change is dramatic. And so if we've gone any length of time and haven't witnessed for the Lord, then we need to go through that process. If we've gone any length of time or a long period of time and have never brought someone to the Lord because he promises that they will turn many to righteousness. Now, many are going to say no. Many are not going to be interested. The, the way to destruction is broad and wide and many there be that go that way. But there will be some. If there is an entrance to exam to heaven, it, it would be that God would ask us, who are you bringing with us? Right? It's kind of a party that you can't come in unless you bring someone with you. Right? Bring your own buddy, right? maybe he says to me. You, know? you have to have someone with you that you're bringing to heaven with you. None of us get to heaven alone. Someone is bringing us. Someone has shared the gospel with us. Whether it's some message we heard at some service that someone invited us to, or someone gave us a pamphlet or a book, or something that we read, picked up somewhere, or read online, or on radio, or television, or somehow someone got you somebody. Or maybe you just found a book somewhere. Well, some Bible writer wrote that book. Right? Moses and John and all the rest wrote that book. God used somebody. And so we won't go without somebody. Somebody will be bringing us. And we need to be bringing someone as well. And you may not write a book of the Bible, but you can send an email, or you can send a text, or you can post something online somewhere, anywhere, really. I mean, you can read a news article, and it could be about whatever. It could be about Hurricane Charlie or whatever. And you could write there, oh, does anyone know the Lord? You know, <laughs> And you can use that. It can be a, an article about some crime, whatever. You can just type in about that. I mean, people do that all the time. Have you ever seen, have you ever read these things? Uh, people write in their comments at the bottom and they're, and they're selling something. Oh, I made uh, $100,000 last year selling perfume. You know, contact me or whatever. Right? If people do that with a news article, why can't we use that for sharing the gospel? If we just share it at religious sites, well, only religious people are going to read it. If your Facebook friends are just filled with people who know the Lord, well, then just posting a Bible verse there is only going to be read by people who know the Lord. We need to share it with people who don't know the Lord. That's why we have literature in the foyer, and that's why we post these things online, so that we can have opportunities to share with other people. Everywhere we go, in some way, shape, or form. Right? Take some of the cards and put them places. Give them to people. When I go to a gas station, I stick it in the gas pump there somewhere. Right? Put it with your tip at a restaurant. Somehow or another, get the message out there. And of course, we can force that, right? Just like we can keep any of the commandments. Again, like the rich young ruler or like, like Saul of Tarsus. Oh, Rabbi Jeff said, take a card. So I take a bunch of cards and I'll pass it out legalistically because I have to, because I'm told to, because I want my name written in the book of life. But that won't get your name written in the book of life. So if you're doing it because you have to, you know, and there are organizations who do make their people do it. You have to go out two by two. You have to, you know, I a little checklist. Oh, I, I passed out 10 cards and I told two people and I, 
I, I gave this booklet away and I did this and your little checklist there, it's not about checklist. But when we're filled with God's spirit, when he's cleansed our heart of selfishness and pride, our carnal nature, and he fills us with his heart, we will want to, we'll be looking for opportunities, we'll be praying for opportunities. God, open up an opportunity to share you with somebody. That'll be our prayer. That'll be our desire. We'll be looking for opportunities. We'll meet someone and a conversation will start and we'll be thinking, how can, how can this turn towards God? How can I tell them about you? How can that fit into this conversation? Be praying for them and passionate for them and burdened for them. When I came to the Lord and, and uh, I began sharing him with other people and and, uh, and then eventually I went to a Bible college and, and, and uh, everyone at the Bible college knew the Lord. <laughs> or at least I, I think so, you know. So if I started sharing with them, I tell them, and they say, oh yeah, we know that. I tell them, so, all right, we already know that. I quote the Bible, oh yeah, we are. You know, we were just talking to ourselves. And I began to get the shakes, like withdrawals. I wasn't sharing the Lord with anyone. I gotta go find somebody to share the Lord with. Right? And so we went to town and started passing out Things in the street, passing out magazines in the street. How to find somebody to share the Lord with. Now as we pray, Lord, open up doors for me to share you with. He'll make you shine like stars. That might mean there'll be darkness that takes place so that we shine. Maybe some problem in your life might come. So that some plumber has to come to your house so you can share the Lord with him. Or some other trial might happen so that you have an opportunity. So that somebody can see you trusting in the Lord. Hey, you might be in the back of an ambulance so that that nurse or that paramedic or that technician sees you trusting in the Lord and praying and not being fearful and fretful and worried as you're bleeding to death or whatever. But if someone comes to the Lord, it's well worth it. Or maybe some trial will come in their life so that you can share the Lord with them and help them through their problem. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, people come to the Lord without problems. But often that's the case. So just expect it. Just a little warning there as you pray, Lord, use me in sharing you with someone today. And look for opportunities. When we were in New York, we were sharing, the Lord with, uh, sharing food out in the streets of New York City. We'd share about, in this ministry, about 2,000 lunches every week. And uh, we had these vans and we'd drive to where they were. So we weren't seeing the same people every day in, in a building and they were coming to us. We were going out wherever they were. Go down to the subways, go, go three flights below the ground and find some people sleeping under a staircase somewhere and tell them there's a van upstairs with some soup and sandwiches. Come on up. And, and one time we were in Harlem and, uh, and uh, we had this, again, big pot of soup and we had sandwiches and we'd give them two sandwiches. We had a... Uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a, and a mayonnaise and cheese and lettuce sandwich and a piece of fruit. And, uh, and then we also had some magazines and Bibles and things like that. And, uh, and so we were up in Harlem this, this one day and uh, we're passing out the stuff and this one guy, he started talking with me and or really yelling at me. And he was just upset at everything. It wasn't so much about me or anything. He just was upset at the world. He was unhappy about everything and everything in the country and everybody and everything. And he was letting me know it. And uh, while he was talking, he was 
eating his sandwiches. Now, he put both sandwiches together. He made a double sandwich with the two sandwiches we gave him. So he had a peanut butter jelly, mayonnaise, cheese, and lettuce sandwich all together, big four pieces of bread, stuffing in his mouth. While he was chewing, he was yelling and spouting out, and it was coming all over me. And so I began praying, Lord, send your Holy Spirit, pour out your Holy Spirit upon this person. He needs to know you. And, and I was just praying for him, praying for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down in such a powerful way. But the Holy Spirit missed him and hit me and revealed to me that I wasn't really praying for him. I didn't really care about him. I just wanted him to go away. I just wanted him to convert it so he wouldn't be so angry and so mean and be spitting his cheese in my face. You know, so I'm just praying for that. And so the Lord, I really didn't care about him. And so the Holy Spirit convicted me. And then my prayers changed. I began praying God's prayers through me. I began changing and really praying for, the, for this person, for his soul, for his salvation, so he could be freed from everything that's troubling him and whatever is causing him all these problems in his heart and mind. And eventually he just got done talking and walked away. And, uh, and so then one of the ladies in the van told me that uh, we were all out of food and it was time to go. And so we had two doors and so I went over to one of the doors and I, I slammed it closed. And as I did that, there was a guy standing there, a really, really big tall guy, and uh, much, much taller than me. And he got he looked down at me, and he got so mad. I don't know if it was because I slammed the door. I don't know if it was because we were out of food. I forget what it was. Something just really ticked him off, and he started letting me know he was not happy with me and with us. And, and, and he was pointing his finger down at me and these dark sunglasses on, and he was just going at it and how he wanted to hurt us and, and how he was a Muslim and, and he didn't care about us and, and we didn't care about him, and he was just mad and angry. And I was praying again, and... And when he paused for a second, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke through me, and I said to him, God can set you free from your anger. And with that, his whole face just melted. The whole anger just went down, and he just took off his glasses and just looked at me and, and didn't say anything. And so then I just kept on talking and told him about the Lord, told him about the Lord's power to deliver, how he could set him free. After a while of discussing together, I went in the van, got him a Bible, handed him a Bible, we had prayer together, and then we, time to go, we drove away, and I remember driving away and going around the corner and looking back, and there he was, looking at that Bible. The Lord will open up opportunities. Someone may spit cheese in your face, but the Lord will open up opportunities for sharing his love with others as we pray. He will use us to shine as brightness in the firmament, like stars in the heavens forever and ever. We need that experience with the Lord. We need his Holy Spirit for it to flow out of us. Verse 4, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So, Daniel, your time is done. For you, Daniel, just shut the book. Last chapter, seal it up, you're done. Your work is done. You've been faithful for many years now, Daniel. Since Daniel chapter 1 and even before that, you've been faithfully standing for me, standing in, in, with Nebuchadnezzar and willing to die so you don't have to eat what the Bible says don't eat. But now it's time, Daniel, to shut up the words, to seal the book. And your book will remain sealed until the time of the end. And I believe one of the instances or one of the testimonies of God's word that we are in the time of the end is that God has been opening up the book of Daniel to us, as we've seen over the last 15 weeks or so. 
He's been revealing it to us and showing us where it's all fitting into place. And we understand again, we see the whole thing laid out. Even Daniel 11, the whole thing, verse by verse, been laid out for us. We see it coming to pass. We're going, we have a few verses left to be fulfilled. Last few verses of Daniel chapter 11. It's where we're at. Seal it up. Many will run to and fro. I believe we're in that time too. Both physically, travel, being able to take the gospel to so many parts of the world quickly. Being able to go. And even just out of our own house, just send a text or something like that. Amazing. The gospel going to and fro. Studying God's word and understanding God's word and taking God's word. We're living in these last days till the time of the end. Verse 5, I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on the other of the riverbank, and one said to the man clothed in linen, who is above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these things, these wonders be? And this harkens back to chapter 10. So chapter 10, 11, and 12 all fit together. And so here's a reference of this man in linen that he saw back in chapter 10, still standing there, still hovering over the waters, and he's still there and speaking to Daniel. How long will the fulfillment of these wonders be? And I think that's what Daniel was thinking, but that's what the man says, for Daniel's sake, I believe. Verse 7, Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and he swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and a half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Now this reference of this time, times, and a half a time is exactly what's mentioned in chapter 7. And we looked at that when we looked at chapter 7. You can go back again, slowmadventure.com and Type in Daniel 7, and, and you'll see that prophecy mentioned there. Verse 8, And although I heard, I did not understand, and I said, My Lord, what shall the end of these things be? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So again, second time, he says, Daniel, your time is done. You've run the course, like he said to Paul. You've run the course. You've ran the race. Now it's sealed up for you a crown of righteousness. Seal it up, Daniel. Don't worry so much. Don't worry about it anymore. Just seal up the book. Write the book. Finish it up. Go your way. Many shall be purified. Till the time of the end, many shall be purified made white and refined. Now, what is it that usually purifies and refines? What does it take to purify something or refine something? What is it? What? Right, go out, but what does it take to refine it? Fire, right. Fire, heat, right, pressure, right, to cleanse, or even to make something white, right? You got a bathtub with stain on it, it takes scrubbing, right? It takes some muscle, uh, elbow grease, and it takes some, some, some heavy chemicals, right, to break it down and to cleanse it and to purify it and to make it refined, right? So again, taking us through the troubles. That has a purpose. It helps to refine us, to purify us, to make us white so he can present us as that bride without spot, without wrinkle, without we're blameless before the Lord, without guile in our mouths. Right? So he takes us through that time, that pressure time, that pressure cooker, the heat of it all. 
He stands there with us. He watches over us. He holds our hands. He carries us through. He takes us through. But the wicked shall un, not, un, but none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise will understand, and the wicked shall do wickedly. Right? So they won't understand Daniel. They won't understand the, the word of the Lord. They won't understand the warnings. And they'll do wickedly. It's going to get worse. And we've seen some horrible things in this world. I mean, horrible atrocities people have done to people. Burning them alive, skinning them alive, horrible ways, causing pain, prolonged death. Crucifixion was a long, prolonged death. Horrible way to die, specifically for torturing and causing torture to, to be a deterrent. Horrible, horrendous things, heartless things. And that's during a time when God's Spirit has still been on this earth restraining people, holding back the winds of strife. How much more when God steps back and the winds are let go? People's hearts become totally depraved. The wickedness that will take place. It's going to be such as the world has never seen. We can't imagine it. But God will hold us fast. His hand will be over us. He'll be watching over us and taking us through and seeing us through. We need to be right with the Lord and hold fast to the Lord. Or else we'll be the ones that are causing people pain and causing people trouble. Verse 11 for the time that the, from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. So two more time prophecies are mentioned here. So in Daniel chapter 11, three time prophecies are mentioned. And it talks about this abomination of desolation, which has been mentioned before, which Yeshua referred to as well. And so... By God's grace, next week we're going to look at these time prophecies with all of the time prophecies. I've already written the sermon. I almost preached it tonight. But I decided to do just kind of an overview first. I'm really excited about it. It was a lot of fun putting it together. All the time prophecies of the Bible, all the time prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, all together, laid out together. It's amazing, the harmony of all, how they all interconnect, how they all have a purpose and a plan, and they all flow together. Not random things, not a chapter here, not a thing here, not a, oh, this one's convenient here, and, and having no connection. They're all connected together. They're all like daisy chain together, linked together, like the whole Bible together. In addition to the, to the um, to time prophecies, other prophecies that are mentioned there in Daniel and Revelation, of things that will come to pass before the end, and we will see how close we are. And again, as we looked at last week, we are very, very, very close. Everything's at hand. Everything is ready to close up. We're about to go home. It's time to get packing. It's time to get ready and get other people ready to take them with us. So that'll be by God's grace next week. And so if you had to attend just one service this week or last week, you should have attended last week. You should have missed this one instead. But too bad you're hearing this one instead. So hopefully you can come next week, because next week is going to really be exciting as we see it all come to full fulfillment. Verse 13, the last verse in the book of Daniel. 
but you go your way. Third time, Daniel, go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of days. Rest, Daniel. Take a break. You've worked hard. It's time to retire and rest in the Lord. Your life has been sealed with the Lord. You've run a good race. You've done a good work. I'm satisfied with your life. Go your way. Rest in the Lord, right? Rest, rip. Rest in peace. Until the time of the end. And we will arise to your inheritance at the end of days. Just like mentioned in verse 2. He'll be among those who are raised when the Lord returns. And so we'll see Daniel. We'll be caught up together with Daniel to meet the Lord in the air. And all our loved ones who've passed before us, who've known the Lord, we will see them. And we'll meet the Lord in the air with them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Trust in the Lord. And so now for us here, we don't get to go our way. We don't get to rest yet. We're still alive, right? If you're still alive, and it looks like uh, most people here are still alive. Yes, it looks like that, right? Okay, so we're still, you're still alive. I'm still alive. We've got a purpose on this earth. God has a purpose for us and a plan for us as long as we have breath. And we might be laid up in a hospital. We might be you know, incapacitated. We might think we can't do anything, but if our mind is still working, we could be praying for other people. If our mouth is still working, we can still be witnessing to other people. As long as we have breath, we have a purpose. God has a plan for us to shine as brightness for him, to live for him, to tell other people about him. Like God used Daniel. Boldly to stand up to Nebuchadnezzar. Not going to eat your pigs. We're not going to eat your stuff. Boldly stand. Not going to bow to your idols. And see Nebuchadnezzar come to the Lord. God can use any one of us to bring people of wide influence to the Lord. Maybe some president or leader of some country or, or some governor or some mayor. Or some person, again, with owns a business, has lots of influence, like a Nebuchadnezzar. Or just one individual. Doesn't matter. God can use anything and anyone. God can use Daniel. God can use you. God can use me. And that's his purpose. And that's why you're alive. That's why you were born. That's why you're still alive. That's why you're here. to share him with others. Until he says, seal it up, go your way, rest in peace, and you'll arise for your inheritance at the end of days. I think we have a song here. Yep. Are you familiar with the song? Dare to be a Daniel, right? Come to the last verse in Daniel, I thought this was appropriate. Dare to be a Daniel. So he's called us all to be, to stand like a Daniel in the dark world, 
Right? Look at what God did through Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar, who was responsible for his parents' death, who was responsible for the destruction of his nation, responsible for the destruction of his city, responsible for the destruction of his temple, responsible for making him a eunuch. And yet Daniel allowed God to shine through him to that Nebuchadnezzar. And God can shine through you and through me to the Nebuchadnezzars in our life who want to throw us in fiery furnaces. God can shine through us. Dare to be a Daniel. Let's listen to the song. Dare to be a Daniel.
<laughs> and so if God has impressed your heart tonight as we discuss this chapter, and again, we'll get more into it next week with the time prophecies. Um, as we prepare to pray, if God has revealed to you that you've lost your first love with the Lord, you haven't been sharing him with others, you don't really have a burden for others, you're not concerned for him, you're not looking for opportunities to share him with others, in a moment when we pray, you can ask God to cleanse you of that and to fill you with his spirit. Or maybe you've never had that experience, never had that first love experience, never shared him with anyone. Then in a moment when we pray, ask God to convert your heart and mind, to transform you, and to make you his child, to make you his light. Third, if you want to join with me in praying for the Lord to open up opportunities for us to share him with others, for him to whether it's on our family or at school or at work or in our neighborhood or just anywhere. Maybe just meet someone in a park somewhere or at a store somewhere. The Lord to open up opportunities. It might be in the middle of a car accident, wherever it is. But the Lord to open up an opportunity for you to share him with others. And if that's what you'd like to do, then a moment when we pray, you can ask God to do that. If you're fearful, as we've discussed again, it's a time of trouble that the Bible has mentioned again. And if that's a fearful time for you, if you're fearful of that, fearful of troubles, fearful of going through trials, and in the moment when we pray, you can surrender that to the Lord, give it over to him, and receive his comfort and his strength and his promise of his presence with you to remove the fears, anxieties, worries, cares, selfishness and pride, and to give you faith and hope and courage, victory, trust, and love for him and love for others. So if any of those areas apply to you or maybe some other area that God has been convicting you of and revealing to you, let us pray together. Our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe, we are thankful for your goodness to us. Thank you, Yeshua, that you were willing to leave heaven and come to this earth out of, out of a passion for us, a concern for us, putting us before yourself, leaving the comforts of heaven and suffering for us from the moment you were born and even before that, and going through your trials and struggles here for us. Share your love, share heaven with us. Lord, use us, fill us with that same love, fill us with your mind, fill us with your heart, fill us with that same passion. And live in us and through us. And make us shine in this dark world. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.